often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 471. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the Slapbox penthouse yet again. Still haven't gotten a robe. Should get a robe and a fake cigar because I don't want to smoke a real cigar or anything for that matter. But, uh,. I feel like I should really live up the pot- penthouse part, but uh, here I am, just uh, keeping it low-key, as it were. <laughs> uh, back to another solo cast, I guess, but uh, here we... Uh, I uh, am still impatiently awaiting Adam Jones to fucking announce whenever he's going to release... Is Gibson Les Paul standard? As uh, <laughs> I don't even remember when it was he announced or teased rather that he was going to release the Les Paul standard and the Epiphone version. I'll have to do a deep dive on the old. I'll uh, pull up the his Instagram page here as uh, get a get some kind of an idea here when. Uh, when the hell that was? Because I feel like it's been a long fucking time. As when, you know, it's only been like a month or so since I decided it has to be done. I have to buy the fucking guitar. Um, Here we go. Oh, here's the post. When is it from? It is from May 2nd. It is now almost September. We're just a couple of days away from September. And the fucker hasn't released more than just a picture of the case <laughs> next to the Epiphone, which initially I thought, you know, I'd just buy the Epiphone because I don't want to drop $3,000 on a guitar. But uh, the more uh, the the marketing scheme has worked on me, unfortunately, and, you know, I've been I've been a tool fan for a long time now. It's been a long time since 97. Now that I think about it, which they had been abandoned at that point by like six years, but I didn't come become aware of them. I was what like fifteen, sixteen at the time, something of that nature. I guess sixteen. Yeah, I would have been sixteen at the time. And uh, Shelley and I went to Lollapalooza '97, and uh, he had an apartment downtown Washmo. Is uh. We were going to go to this concert thing. It was my first, like, big, like, concert like that. I had been to, unless you include, which I talked years ago when uh, we used to have the, when we had the uh, lie band on on one occasion. So those guys were really cool. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I talked about my first concert, I guess, technically, was uh, Genesis and Taylor Dane at a Boy Scouts thing where we camped out in Forest Park. Um <laughs> classic but uh the real first big like concert experience that wasn't affiliated with the boy scouts which just didn't seem quite 
right? Like the f- one I really remember and just like being like, fuck yeah, this is like a real concert. Um, which I guess I'm, I think I might've seen a few other things, acts like smaller concert type deals after the whole Genesis Taylor Dane thing. I don't, I don't really recall at least some local stuff, but, uh, Lollapalooza 97, like that's, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember who was on the bill. There was uh Prodigy was the headliner because they were at the time the bigger band of the uh lineup there. That and uh well Corn was on there too. Uh Tool was supposed to play or they did play like right before Prodigy. Um although Corn I don't know, Corn might have supposed to have been in a closer at that time. But they never showed because the drummer uh, injured his wrist or something of that nature. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly what had happened. Um, but I know that, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, Prodigy that closed the show, which was kind of nice because I only wanted to hear like one or two Prodigy songs. We were able to leave before the concert ended. <laughs> they played it before the end. I think I just wanted to hear Firestarter or I don't. I don't recall. It was, uh, at the time, Prodigy was really big, though. Um, but uh, Shelly had gotten me introduced to Tool before the show. Uh, like, I had spent, like, a couple of nights or, something, like, a night over his uh, apartment before he went to the concert. And uh, at that point in time, they had only had Opiate, which was the, uh, just had the six songs on it. And then the, then Undertow and Enema there, and because uh, Enema came out, I guess, that year. That sounds about, or the year before, 96 or 97, somewhere around there. And they were uh, they were going to the stratosphere at that point in time. Like, Sober, still probably one of their biggest songs, which came out on Undertow, um, was a big one, which I've been learning on guitar, fun fact. I, I always kind of knew parts of it, but I didn't know it quite right, and I, I've been remedying that in the last week, and it's starting to sound pretty decent. So, because I got to get it ready for when I get this uh, Gibson Les Paul standard, the real thing. I I, I just can't do the Epiphone. I just got to get that Gibson. Got to get it. But Adam Jones keeps just trolling me about this shit. I have alerts on Instagram to let me know. Whenever he posts a picture or a story or takes a shit, I get an alert. <laughs> if he just, you know, I don't, I don't know. Whatever he does, I get alerts about it. And uh, <laughs> so far, not since May 2nd, apparently, has he Annette said anything about this mysterious guitar. But uh, I guess was a month Two months ago, what have you. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, it's, initially it's been four months or whatever since the first little tease of it. Um, but the, like a month or two ago, whatever it was, they uh, Gibson put out a video where they were at uh, Gibson brand President Caesar's uh, house where he showed off uh, parts of his awesome guitar collection and teased some new things that they're going to be putting out. Uh, And they showed a glimpse of the prototype for the Gibson Les Paul standard 
Adam Jones signature. And not a peep since then. They just kind of oh showed a glimpse of it and just like uh, Caesar, I guess, was joking with uh, Mark Agnazzi. I, I don't recall what his position at Gibson is. But uh, he <laughs> joked with them like, oh, you're not supposed to show that. But I guess it's okay. It's on camera now. And uh, damn you bastards. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if this is going to be like Tool albums because there was uh, like what, 13 years? Yeah, 13 years between the last Tool albums. And there was, uh, see, Adam Jones, uh, his uh, custom shop. Les Paul was released in last year. Oh, Les Paul. Oh, I can't. I can't type anymore. There we go. Here we go. Release date. When the hell did that release? <laughs> it was. Okay, it was October 28th of 2020. So maybe they're just going to do like a full year after the Custom Shop release and do it this October, which means I've only got a little bit over a month. Which I guess I could wait that long. I mean, fuck, I don't really actually have the money to buy the damn thing. Let's be honest. I'm probably just going to put the shit on my credit card. (laughs) And somehow find a way to keep making that monthly payment as that's going to drive up my... uh, my uh, minimum payment, unfortunately, because it's gonna be like three thousand dollars. But uh, so that, I mean, it's been almost a full year since the release of that, and then like initially, when he announced the custom shop model, uh, maybe it was after the release of of that guitar, he had also mentioned that he had like a couple year deal or something like that with Gibson and had uh, said that there will be future things not specifying anything until last May when uh, they teased the uh, Gibson Les Paul standard and Epiphone version so I mean we've been he's been just teasing me here just don't motherfucker just just get on with it It better be October man quit trolling me Adam quit trolling me (laughs) Uh, just it's it's insane it's it's not you know I don't I don't get out much because uh since the whole pandemic thing and now I don't have any money so now I'm just like just I need I need some guitar action and this I I just might end up sleeping with this guitar and doing you know just it's gonna be I'm gonna talk to it it's (laughs) I guess it's better I do that than, say, pull an Ed Gein and just uh, start murdering people and dressing up in their skin and pretending I'm my mother. So I think it's probably better if I just let my craziness go on with the guitar. I don't have any inclination of murdering people. I just want to point that out. I've never felt the need to murder anyone. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, it's probably it's it's okay to be a little crazy with just guitars. There's worse things in the world. Uh, but damn, man. I wish he would just announce this stuff. But anyway, though, I've been really rocking some Tool here lately, and I've been perfecting the Swamp Song also off of Undertow. So uh, 
I've been working on Sober and Swamp Song, which I should uh, really perfect at least one of them before it, but it's kind of fun to jump back and forth. Uh, I had done a edit of the song Swamp Song, which I just threw a sound clip from the classic Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr. feature, Tropic Thunder. Uh, and uh, maybe I'll go ahead and pull up the sound clip, but I had edited that, there a sound clip from Tropic Thunder onto the beginning of one Swamp Song. And uh, it was right before I started the podcast, around that time, I was just kind of fucking around with Cool Edit Pro. And uh, I don't know, it just sounded cool putting this at the beginning. I feel like now listening to it, like maybe I could have edited that a little bit better. I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it seemed right for that to be at the beginning. Uh, be at the beginning. It's a clip with uh, Nick Nolte and Danny McBride. And here we go. I'm going to pull that up. Uh, try not to get sued by playing too much of the song, but uh, which I don't think I don't make money off this shit. <laughs> Let's see here. Make sure I got my and my computer's working really slowly. Unfortunately, let's see if uh, here we go. Oh, it should any second now. It's pictures. It's a pretty cool sidearm you got there. What, what is it? I don't know what it's called. I just know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life. Fucking, fucking love that shit. I've been uh, last couple of weeks. I've actually been listening to that like right before starting the show, which I didn't do tonight. But I did play some of Swamp Song on the guitar before uh, recording tonight. I try to get myself a little amped up because I've really been uh, missing out on the sleep lately. And Red Bull's just not cutting it because I've been taking energy drinks like every fucking day just to kind of level out and just not pass out. Which, you know, it's just it's a, tr- it's a slippery slope. Doing that, you gotta be careful. That's uh, that shit's not good for you, especially if you keep consuming it on a daily basis. Um, anyway, yeah, I so I, I don't know. I've always just loved putting that on there. I feel like maybe I could just have put that clip on sober. Maybe that would work better. I, I don't know. It's just a random thing I decided. It was like, ooh, I I like the intro to Swamp Song, so I thought I'd throw it on there. And uh, it's it seems like a good clip to have for a video for the Gibson Les Paul standard as I've toyed around with the idea of making a Instagram video once I receive the Gibson Les Paul studio or uh, standard sorry not a studio 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 is a cheaper version which as far as I know they're not releasing a studio version but I've thought up of different ways I could uh, film said guitar and I need to get a tripod that works better with my phone as I've got one for my camera, which I guess I could film with my camera, but I'd rather not shoot video with the, the camera and then have to edit it with the computer. And it's just so much faster to just do with my phone and my phone takes really good video, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I thought about getting like a green sheet and putting it on my table and then laying the guitar on the table and then, uh, you know, just trying to put different shit in the backgrounds and stuff. 
and then I, I'm, I've been going all into like crazy thinking about like how I could like film a video with this guitar and do different shit with it. Like where I'm panning across the guitar in different ways, kind of like a bit like the video that they made. Cause when they released the Gibson Les Paul custom, uh, they made a, a special videos for the release of that. Adam Jones was involved in doing like crazy, uh, stuff for it. Tool recorded some new music just for the fucking video and stuff. But uh, I wanted to do a sort of my own take on that. And then uh, <laughs> I've thought up some different camera effects and shit I could do with this Les Paul. But I wanted to have the Swamp Song in the background. I just love that sound clip where he's talking about pretty cool sidearm you got there. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. I just know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life. And just seems like a cool thing to be talking about a guitar. <laughs> Could have that as just kind of like fade in and out. Like when he's saying that's a cool side, a pretty cool sidearm. And then as you say, what's it called? And maybe Flash Gibson, Les Paul on the headstock there. And then just uh, mix in some shots of that, and then throw in, toss in, you know, flashes of like undertow, like uh, the album artwork. You know, the cow licking its own ass needs to just appear somewhere in there. <laughs> that you, if you're unfamiliar with Tool, or at least Tool in CD form, and if you get the original CD, I mean, if you buy a CD of it today, inside. The C- the case, if you open it up where the CD is, you pull out, p- spread apart the actual case of the CD. You will find a picture on the very inside, hidden inside, behind the CD, of a cow licking its own ass. <laughs> Which is, you know, one of the great reasons why, you know, I mean, I love the tool of music, so I guess the... The album stuff, the, you know, the art and the hidden stuff was just, I guess, cherries on top. But <laughs> there's, like, I would love to toss in weird shit like that or uh, stuff thrown in there. But, you know, I could, but the big thing I, I want to do at the end, and I think Adam Jones would really appreciate this, is uh, I think I may have mentioned this in the podcast before, maybe not, that the end, because Adam Jones has the nickname of Chewbacca because his hair, I guess the silhouette, appears a bit like Chewbacca. He's a big Star Wars fan as uh, Adam Jones seems. I mean, he seems like a really cool dude. I mean, he was, uh, I mean, I love movies and I love tool music. So for me, he seems like a really cool dude. But his day job, of course, was movie special effects makeup. And he was in the Stan Winston uh, effects department, whatever. Uh, doing working on such films as, uh, Fright or a Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Part Four and Part Five, which I love those films. I love the Nightmare on Elm Street. I almost said Friday the Thirteenth, which I love as well, but the not involved with that. Uh, <laughs> but Terminator Two, like uh, he did some of the bullet effects on the Team One Thousand and shit. He worked on Jurassic Park. I mean, massive fucking movies. And you know what? You know what, guys? I, I'm i not really feeling this. I'm going to go play with my band. And, uh... 
anyway, knowing his history with that, and he's just a big fan of a lot of movies and stuff. That being said, uh, since he was he's worked in that, and he's done, he's responsible for like all the tool videos, like all the stuff in there. Like he created a lot of the shit in there. So uh, I thought since and he has a love for like older shows and movies. I'm sure I have as I have don't know for a fact, but I believe he's probably a fan of the original Incredible Hulk TV series with uh, one Bill Bixby and uh, one Lou Ferrigno. Uh but I thought it would be great to have the shot from the original Incredible Hulk TV show intro where it shows like Bill Bixby standing there as he's looking at uh, in the graveyard he's looking at his own grave there. It's basically a still shot of Bill Bixby as uh, David Banner or Bruce Banner, whichever way. <laughs> but uh, and then it uh, cuts it down the the halfway point there, and you see you get half of uh, Bill Bixby, and then fade in like the Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno on the other side. And I thought it would be cool to do a shot at the end of that where it's Adam Jones and then split down in half, Chewbacca, and then roaring. (laughs) I mean, the ideas in my head sound really great. I don't know that I could make something really fucking cool. It's probably going to be shitty. I mean, my first video I made for YouTube about shitting the bed in Russia um, took me a long time because I didn't know what to fuck I was doing um I had a little bit of experience with uh video editing um but I don't I don't do it very often and I did a pretty lackluster job of making that I feel like (laughs) I should really if I'm gonna do uh, video editing I need to get some real experience doing it um but man if I'm gonna buy a $3,000 guitar I gotta I gotta do some cool shit with it right so I want to do like a I'm hoping to do an unboxing video I'm not going to do any crazy fucking editing and shit for that. Um, but I'll do like, so hopefully an unboxing video and I don't really want to keep like a habit of like playing guitar on the internet. Cause I don't really think I'm that very good at playing guitar, but you know, I'll play a little bit at the end, just a couple of riffs, tool riffs, just to see how it sounds like. Cause it's an un- unboxing video. Um, and then, uh, I, hopefully I can put together real quickly, uh, a, a, just a, a video of the uh, the stuff with the Chewbacca Jones. I think just having that, if I just had that, and maybe not even film the video stuff with the guitar, but I think Adam Jones would love that. <laughs> I did talk about that last week, about Adam Jones, but maybe it was before the podcast. I have no fucking clue. It might have been during, you know, I don't remember. There's cops... There are sirens going on in the back all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on there. Um, <laughs> which reminds me, completely unrelated, this is a segue purely related to the sirens in the back. I was uh, going to the gas station before doing the show tonight, and I was on High Street in Washmo near the Borgia High School, and for no reason... The person in front of me just 
pulls over. They didn't put a turn signal on like they were going to pull over, and it's right where the construction was going on, so I don't think they were meaning to park there, per se. But I was very confused. They didn't pull all the way to the side of the street. They just kind of stopped their vehicle right in front of me and kind of pulled it to the side. And no hazards, no nothing. And then I was in the middle of listening to WTF with Mark Marin with Alan Burstyn on it. Um, don't know the episode number. But uh, love me some Mark Marin and the WTF. But uh, <laughs> during their podcast... There was sirens going on just at that, playing exactly at that moment that this vehicle decided to just kind of pull off the road. I didn't, now before that happened, I didn't see anybody really behind me or anything. But then I started hearing that and I thought, well, uh, what the fuck? I I think there's some cops coming through. That's why they must have pulled over. And I started to kind of half-ass pull over. And it might have looked like I might have been inebriated or something because I realized to look up and kind of like, oh, that's coming from the podcast. That's not, <laughs> that is not a cop behind me. And then I proceeded to, you know, it was just a little bit. I kind of <laughs> swerved a little bit, I guess. Um, but uh, just FYI, that was, that was on this recording. If you're listening to this in your vehicle, that was... Somewhere, I don't know what what's going on. There, I don't know if there's a murder, if there's a maybe a car wreck, oh, whatever. Some some reason there was a cop, but it was on this recording you're listening to. <laughs> don't swerve. I'm a little late though. I feel like maybe I should preemptively go back, edit, maybe put a warning, warning, warning. There are car sirens coming up. I th- I'm probably not going to do that. That takes some effort on my part. I'm going to forget by the time I finish recording this because that's just kind of how I do. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that is like the Adam Jones stuff, man. I have just been I've been really uh, focusing in with the guitar stuff and of course I've used the excuse to watch more movies the fact that I'm trying to drum up an idea to write a screenplay is Still kind of been blanking on that as uh I when when Muffin Man came down with COVID and it felt like I maybe had COVID, which I tested negative, but you know, there apparently there's some false negatives with that Delta variant, but I was really tired. One of the things. And then I it just kinda haven't been working on movie ideas. But now that I feel much better, uh <laughs> I've gotten back into playing the guitar a little bit and I've just been really Focusing in on that fucking guitar and just the ideas of rigging some stuff up here in the penthouse studio room I've got set up. I've thought about ways of making some kind of rail system to uh, really do some cool tracking shots uh, with the uh, the old iPhone. and Or I thought, too, maybe you're just getting like a toy car with a string and then pulling it (laughs) just for some cool little shots. But I want to do some, like some spiral shots. Almost thought, well, maybe I should get a small drone with the camera, but that doesn't seem like a great idea (laughs) inside this room here. I'm going to end up fucking flying that thing into the wall or something. It's not going to, not going to be great. There's a, (laughs) and probably pricey. I, I, 
it'll be bad enough I spend three thousand dollars on a guitar. I don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a fucking camera to film the damn thing. <laughs> but you know, it might be fun. I mean, it would be fun. It'd be a waste of money. <laughs> uh, it would be it would be terrible for me to go through all that on just filming the thing, and then Adam Jones doesn't even notice. But I feel like if I tag him in it, he'll at least like put it in his story and like you know like with the fire or something. There's gonna be an emoji and then the story, and I'll be like, "Holy shit, Adam Jones! Adam Jones! He saw me." <laughs> uh, but fun fact too, I have a tattoo on my chest from Lateralis, the Tool album, the fourth. Well, I guess third full-length album however you want to look at that um because i guess opiates more considered an ep anyway i've got a, a the alex gray one of the eyes from lateralis on on the old chest so just saying i might be a little or at least i was obsessed i feel like with tool i until recently like it was like eh like I like Tool and all, but like uh, it's been over a decade since I got that tattoo on my chest. I was way more into them then, but when they took thirteen years to put out an album, I lost a little bit of that. <laughs> a little bit. I have seen them live, of course, four times. Uh, but this whole guitar thing, him releasing this guitar, has really reignited. Some passions I've had for some uh, tool music is uh, it's like uh, the marketing. I know it's all the marketing. Like if they wouldn't have waited so long, had they released the Epiphone version, like you know, a month after he put that post up on May first, <laughs> it is about to be fucking September. Damn it! Had he released that in like June. I probably would have just bought the Epiphone, saved myself a couple grand. But the more and more I've thought about it, and I've just really, I really love uh, the stuff Gibson's been doing. They have a, they're a big presence on YouTube now with Gibson TV. They opened up the Gibson Garage over in Nashville, which their factory is also located in Nashville. I guess their headquarters, everything. But I really enjoy the stuff they put in out, like the custom shop. I watch a lot of YouTube videos now on guitars and such, uh, whether it be like Music Is Win is a big one. He's funny. Tyler, he's he's a great YouTuber. Um, he's not a Gibson guy. That's not where I'm getting my Gibson stuff. But uh, he's a PRS player. Paul Reed uh, Smith, I guess, is a PRS. That's, that's what that name is? But uh, <laughs> I've watched a lot of YouTubers, and uh, they've talked about and watching, of course, Gibson TV and uh, follow Cesar, the brand president, Gukin. I <laughs> I didn't really want to say his last name, but I figured I'd probably mispronounce it. Gukin or Gukin or yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he uh, he seems really cool. A lot of interviews with him on uh, Gibson TV and such. And the stuff they've been putting out and watching reviews, and well, not just reviews, just seeing videos of uh, the stuff 
that they have and just listening to the stuff on the video sounds great. It seems like they've really gone back to paying attention to detail with Gibson and although they're now just kind of really trolling me a little bit with the Adam Jones stuff. Like they released the Adam Jones collection, which it doesn't have anything to do with guitars per se. It's on Gibson's website where they have a, a replica of the Adam Jones custom shop, Les Paul, which is just a little miniature desk guitar. And the shape is all weird. It looks kind of funny. But uh, that's like $60. And then you can buy the guitar case for the custom shop guitar, which is really cool. Which is really cool, by the way. It's got like this silver burst guitar case on the case itself. And it says Adam Jones 1979. But it's $300 for the case. It seems a bit much if you don't have the guitar. It seems funny to have a case for a guitar that you don't have. I think, though, if they just sell the Les Paul standard... In a normal case, I might just say fuck it and spend the extra $300. Although they're currently out of stock on it already. And just throw it in that case. Because it seems okay. Because it is the Adam Jones signature. Just not the custom shop one. Anyway. (laughs) They've got that and a couple of shirts on their page. And it's like, man. You guys can't just at least give me some kind of details a ballpark, what year per per se, like this might come out to the public for sale. And nothing. I haven't seen a whole lot of chatter on the internet about it. When the custom shop model came out, people were talking about it nonstop. There was a lot of talk about when it could potentially release. I'm sure there are people talking about it now, but when you do Google searches for it, you just find shit about the custom shop model. But, uh, you know, it's, I just wish that, uh, it would come out and, uh, it is, it's like motherfuckers. It was a little annoying when they put out (laughs) that collection, by the way, Gibson merchandise, even if it's shirts and stuff, it's kind of pricey. The Adam Jones stuff, not too ridiculous. As far as like the shirts, it was like 40 bucks for a shirt, which is expensive for a t-shirt, but I get it. It's officially licensed stuff. They do have this really cool shirt on their website of just a Gibson shirt. It's like $68, $69 for a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> that seems a bit excessive. Just a wee bit. But other than that, I like the guitars that they're putting out. Just wish I could get my hands on it. I I I think it'd be really cool though to do do some kind of video, something to just plaster on my my Instagram feed, just just ugh, just the idea of having an actual Gibson in my hands. It's fantastic. It was something I dreamt about when I was like fifteen and first started to play guitar, and I had the musicians friends magazines, and just looking at that stuff, flipping through there, it was. <laughs> I might as well have been baiting. Just jerking right off on the pages. Though I would come to really prefer playing Stratocasters, playing-wise. I've never played a Gibson, so I feel like that might be a totally different story. But there's just something magical about Gibsons. I love Fender Strats. Stratocasters, it's like... (laughs) 
you know, probably the one I should stick with. It, but then Gibson's like just the extremely attractive woman that you're like, oh, I need to touch that. Not that you're, you know, per se, a good match <laughs> for them. Whereas the Strat, like, it's just right. It feels right. May not be the most attractive thing in the world, but it feel it plays right. It's good. <laughs> then you got these Gibson Les Pauls that they're just fucking. <laughs> it's it's this carnal desire that I have for this guitar. <laughs> it's really it's really kind of screwed up. It's too because you know I have an awesome Epiphone Les Paul right now. That I, it's basically at this point just an Epiphone husk where I have upgraded that thing considerably. Whereas I, uh, one of the first, well, years ago I had, uh, Kevin Lichtefeld, who I know listens to the show, uh, a lot. He, uh, he had swapped out some pickups for me. Oh, a couple of years maybe after I'd gotten the guitar, I got it like, around 99, 2000, something like that. And then it was, I don't know, 2002, 2003. I'm not sure. It was early 2000s. He sw- I had, I didn't know anything about pickups at the time. And I had gone to a uh, music shop that was on St. Charles Rock Road up in St. Louis area. And uh, it was Mars Music, which was a massive fucking store, which seemed like Shangri-La to me at the time. Um... Cause there was just they had this massive room just for like drums and like cymbals and shit. Like there was just huge fucking rooms for like dedicated to each instrument and everything. And like they had they had Gibsons and stuff, but I felt unworthy enough to touch them because it seemed like I could never afford them. Um, so Mexican Strats became my friends and Epiphones. Because uh, <laughs> American even American Fenders, which I still don't have an American Fender. Um. I do have the Tomarillo signature strat, which it's still Mexican, but it's very well made guitar. Fucking awesome guitar. Love that guitar. Anyway. That Les Paul, the pickups, um they had a sale on some Seymour Duncans at Mars. I knew nothing about these pickups. <laughs> I just wanted to try out different things on that uh Les Paul. And one of the things, the real shitty parts of that Les Paul, which it's a semi-hollow Les Paul, which you don't really find those. That's not really, it's pretty rare um, to have that in a Les Paul. And Les Pauls are, of course, known for being rather heavy guitars. And I like the idea of it being semi-hollow. So I ordered it from a musician's friend uh, way back in the day, and I had this thing. And the pots... And the wiring was not good in it. It was some shitty wiring. It was a Korean-made guitar, um, which I guess, I don't know what years they made Epiphone. I feel like maybe it just wasn't, it was early on maybe when they were making them. Now they're made in China. Maybe they just used just cheaper stuff, and they didn't shield the wiring very well. Damn thing was always shortened out on me and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I had thought... It maybe it was just like the pickup situation because I didn't know jack shit about it at the time, and Kevin had swapped the pick- pickups out for me because at the time I just didn't feel comfortable soldering and 
doing that stuff myself. Now, now I'll just fucking go, go right in. <laughs> but, uh, and the pickups sounded all right. I got to say, not really a huge fan of those pickups. I still have those, uh, though now I've, they're no longer in the guitar. Um, but of course during the pandemic, uh, I brought up, I guess, shit, it was, it was quite a while ago now. Like, I don't know, seven, eight months ago I did this. But the first thing I did myself to that Epiphone is drilled into the headstock because I had uh, upgraded the tuning keys to Grover locking tuners, which I got to say, you like playing guitar and you want to make your life a little bit easier when you change strings. Locking tuners are pretty fucking awesome. And I, I feel like they do help keep the guitar in better tune. But, again, it was, it was an Epiphone guitar with really old tuning keys at this point because that guitar is like 20 years old now. Um, So <laughs> that might be why there was some issues tuning. But Les Pauls in general, from what I understand, have issues staying in tune. But uh, So I actually had to drill into the headstock because the placement of the screws in the new tuning keys were not in the same spot as the old ones, which I did not think of whenever I ordered the tuning keys from, I guess it was Musician's Friend I got them from. I don't recall. Um, Either that or Amazon. But I put those on myself. Big fan of the uh, Grover tuners. And uh, uh, the ones I have on my uh, Epiphone uh, Dove Pro are also Grover's, not locking, but they seem to be decent tuning keys. Um, so I did that, and then, of course, Dark Moon pickups. I got all new innards with the... Uh, kind of wish I would have gotten their pickups, but I, I didn't get a pickups through them. I had just gotten the potentiometers, the volume pots, and the tone pots, the uh, uh, jack, and then, the uh, of course, the uh, pickup selector switch. So all the innards, the cap pots and caps switches redid that and man they've got some good stuff of course i rewired it wrong had to take it i put shit on there backwards and had to have uh uh, the guy over at uh the local music shop uh, river city music uh fix it for me (laughs) because i just paid attention to dark moon pickups wiring diagram and they actually had their wires Labeled the opposite as Seymour Duncan because I ended up putting some new Seymour Duncans in there. The uh, I think this is the jazz, something like jazz pickup they have uh, in the uh, neck pickup, and then in the bridge it's like called the Invader, I believe. It looks it looks menacing. There's just these black big black bolts on that thing. It just <laughs> it looks like it'll bite you. <laughs> but uh. So with all that in there and the new newer Seymour Duncan pickups, I mean, that thing sounds pretty fucking nice. Sounds real nice. And uh, I, uh, well, hell, I guess I could play a little sample, actually, uh, of me playing sober here. I just recorded a little bit of me playing sober. I didn't, like, do anywhere near, like, a full song here or anything. I don't know how good this is going to sound over this, but... Shit, a little loud. (laughs) 
I don't know. That's maybe not the greatest sound sample of it, but uh, it's got some really good tones to it. I do like those Seymour Duncan pickups. Those I prefer those than the. Uh, I think the ones that I had in there before before I knew what the fuck I was buying. I just knew that there were Seymour Duncans on sale, so I bought them. But I think they were like PAF clones. Uh, I think my main problem too was with the guitars. The the pots and caps in there were not great. They were very cheap. Uh, Epiphone stuff when they put in there. But my point being with that is just like I've it. It's almost wrong to even call that guitar Epiphone at this point. All the upgrades I've done to it. And <laughs> I feel knowing that, like, when I get the Gibson, I'm afraid I'm going to be like, you know, I kind of like my Epi better, which I don't think is going to be the case. I really don't. Just because, I mean, it's the parts that they use, the wood that they use in the Gibson is just of higher quality. And listening to sound comparisons, at least in video, comparing the Epis to the... uh the Gibsons just, I mean, it sounds much better. Got that nitrocellulose finish instead of the polyurethane, which apparently helps with resonance and such. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I just, I really want that Gibson. <laughs> uh, I was watching a video the other day too of the, the comparison of like what all is different in an Epiphone compared to a Gibson. And some of the they have said now, which not necessarily true with my Epiphone since it was built in 1998 and it was uh, the Korean version, not the Chinese version. I feel like they had some of the components are more expensive, like the bridge piece and everything. Now that apparently I guess the Chinese Epiphones have like plastic ones or, or just way cheaper. They break easier. I'm pretty sure mine's at least some form of metal. It would seem, <laughs> I mean, the, it's still held up to bridge. Um, and the, uh, tailpiece there. Uh, but, uh, man. Yeah. I will be very disappointed if I, I spend all that money on the Gibson and be like, well, you know what? I do kind of like prefer playing that Epiphone over there. <laughs> uh, one, one good thing though, I did, uh, I have the Valium pedal, the Ernie Ball Valium pedal, which Adam Jones is a big, uh, user of the uh, Valium pedals. He started, I believe with an Ernie Ball and he uses a Goodyear one now, if I'm not mistaken. And he does, sometimes uses it for a volume swell, but usually what he does is, is he rolls the distortion on and off with the volume pedal. And then, uh, so he gets like a clean tone and then goes right into heavy just by stomping on that pedal. Well, not really stomping, but just pushing it down. Um, they're really handy. And it's kind of cool if you just want to do like a volume swell and stuff. You There's fun stuff you can have with a volume pedal. But I, mine was broken again as I talked about it before when I, I had it just within a couple of months uh, somehow blown, I think, the pot or something in there. But like it just wasn't working. <laughs> and I had to send it off and get it fixed. Now, it was under warranty at the time. They did the repair for free, but I had to pay a lot for shipping. And I'd used it a few times since then after getting it back and it worked. But then it stopped working again, although it kind of worked. 
You just couldn't, when you moved the pedal, it did nothing. It at least made sound when you plugged the guitar into it. So obviously like the electronics in it were, appeared to be working, but just whenever you moved the pedal, it did nothing. And I finally took it apart the other night after rocking some sober to realize that the way it works is there's the potentiometer on the inside that works just like the volume knob on a guitar. You roll it open, basically. You open up the pot and it gets more volume. You close it, it shuts the volume off. Um, And there is a cord that is connected to the pedal. When you push it, it pulls on the cord and the end of the other end of the cord is wrapped around, uh, basically the, the, the pot. So it's basically wrapped around a volume knob. And when you push down the pedal, it pulls the cord and opens, turns the knob. Well, (laughs) apparently I guess whenever they fixed my pedal, they neglected to tighten one of the bolts, the Allen wrench bolts there that uh, the cord is wrapped around and connects to the pot. And it would turn the cord, but since the bolt wasn't tightened down, it wasn't actually moving the pot. And so I managed to tighten it down. I was like, holy shit, my Valium pedal works again. <laughs> so much nicer than... Say if you want to actually do that by the volume knobs on your guitar and, you know, stop playing with your hand and then move your hand down and pull the volume, open it up, you know, increase the volume or turn it down. You can just do it with your foot. So much nicer. (laughs) But, yeah, that's uh, my my latest compulsion. I guess more and more I've been talking about this is... Ah, it's I. I'm just so like I know this is all in their marketing. If they just not giving me any s- scrap of detail about it, other than just a little tease, little tease. I just want it more and more, more, more and more. You know, if they were just a, an outright whore with uh, <laughs> the information, just here you go. Here's pictures. This is the release date. This is the specs. You know, I'm hoping that the pickups are pretty much what are in the custom shop model. I imagine they're p- probably not hand wound by the original person that did the custom shop one because apparently the custom shop one they found in the person that did Adam Jones' original main guitar. Um, I believe it's a woman. I don't remember the name that hand wound the Seymour Duncan pickups in that guitar. They found her, and I think she was retired pulling out of retirement for the custom shop pickups, hand wound them. And, uh, I'm certain that they're not going to go through that detail, but I would hope that they make them in the same specs as those pickups as that's going to, you know, be a big driving force in the sound of the thing. So, uh, <laughs> damn it. Damn you, Adam Jones, Chewbacca. Throw me a bone. You bastard. Uh, see if they just, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if they had given me more information, I'd still be jonesing for it, as it were, pun intended. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he knows like uh, my fit, my my problem here, my my heroin habit. He knows all about it. 
He's turned it into the, just like on South Park with the heroin hero during the Guitar Hero episode. I feel like I'm playing heroin hero, not the Guitar Hero. I try to do that at nighttime with the guitar, but then I'm still, after playing guitar, I'm rocking the heroin hero. I'm stabbing my arm with the needle, just winding it, and I, and I can't get it. I can't reach the silver burst. Uh, it's beyond like fixation. I, I am starting to like scratch myself and just give myself open wounds. Well, not, maybe not really. <laughs> I haven't completely gotten an open sore yet. But the habit is getting, getting, getting strong. It's uh, the addiction. <laughs> Gonna have to watch more videos. See this, oh, these YouTube videos. Had, had I continued running marathons, and traveling. I probably would have saved a lot of money. Probably wouldn't have bought a Mini Cooper. <laughs> Maybe would have just kept with a, a cheap apartment so I could continue on with that. Had pandemic never been a thing. Would have continued on that, but now that I've just become like a recluse, staying indoors all the time, find myself wanting to spend way more money and, you know, do things that I don't have to leave the house for. <laughs> and so I watched fucking YouTube all the goddamn time now. And just, oh man, I was watching more effects pedals videos last night. And just, oh, I could spend three grand on effects pedals so easily. So easily. But that wouldn't be a wise idea. I just need that guitar. <laughs> um, with that being said, I really, really can't wait for, let's say, like the Book of Boba Fett and the, like the next like Star Wars shows that are uh, in line to come out. As uh, I feel like I've missed out on stuff with uh, the the Star Wars Bad Batch. I wasn't real fond of the series. There was a couple decent episodes. Um. I felt it it lacked a lot of like uh big plot episodes that I and I just really wish they would have had a little bit more of uh some older more established characters. I realize they want to make new characters and if you care about them but you know at least have an episode with Maul or Vader or something, you know. <laughs> Give me some of the original baddies. And uh but I miss not having that on Fridays. Disney, come on, man. Give me something to look forward to on Fridays again that I can watch while I'm eating my food. <laughs> Although the What If, the Marvel What If, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. As they've released three episodes as the time of this recording. And the, the last episode was okay. And I've enjoyed, I guess, all the three episodes so far. But the second one, that one was really good with T'Challa. The uh, Black Panther Becoming Star-Lord. And Thanos being a good guy in it. It was a... It's a good one. It's a good one. I don't know what what if is coming next. I'd, I'd like to maybe make some guesses, but I hadn't really thought about it before recording this show. I probably should have done that so I could have some good show prep <laughs> underway. But again, I'm just too focused on Gibson Les Pauls. Uh, 
But uh, it was the last episode. Was, I mean, it was okay. It's okay. I I don't want to spoil it because I really want to talk about like the end and uh, the who ends up being the villain in the end. I was like, okay, I'm not really not really buying that. Um, but it's interesting to see a lot of the Avengers get killed before the Avengers unite and become a team initially. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Should probably say it before I end, but uh Yeah, there's uh I've it definitely wouldn't have worked out as a live action show. They would have had to have an insane budget for the what if. And also, I mean, if you're gonna have T'Challa in there, that poses some problems because Chadwick Boseman, of course, has passed away. Which uh quite the uh, legend but uh I like I I thought he was good beforehand but it, like I wasn't that into Black Panther um but then when I found out man he had cancer wow he was training just even like training to become Black Panther never said a fucking word publicly about it and he was like the his biggest roles and he got fucking jacked and shredded while me while he's just in pain and Terrible and like holy shit, you guy was something else. But like it, the end of that second what if it did make, give me a little. I did. I got a little misty eyed there for a second and seeing like they dedicated to Chadwick Boseman. And uh, yeah, we wouldn't have gotten that if uh, it wasn't an animated show. So I think they went right with that, not making it a live action. Feel like they can also make a lot more of them, seeing as that the budget doesn't have to be <laughs> through the roof to give us these awesome what ifs. I wonder if they're gonna have like the Punisher or anything. I I don't know if there's still some issues with the rights on who has that, but uh, like what if I don't know somebody else became the Punisher? Maybe I'm trying to think like who would be like a a hero in the Marvel universe that could have turned into the Punisher. Maybe that has some abilities, but that would also mean, or well, you know, what if I guess Frank Castle, maybe he got bit by a radioactive spider. He could be the punishing spider. I don't know. The black, well, that was the black widow's character already. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a name. Maybe he'd be the punishing recluse. I don't know. Um, but he could, uh, I mean, there's definitely some, I mean, there's so many what ifs. I know that there's what if comics for years. Um, there's some interesting things, but I mean, they can easily throw in Robert Downey Jr. Even if they can't get him to voice the character, there's a lot of voice actors that are good at mimicking people's voices. So, I mean, the, you can get the feel of the, that original actor and stuff for these what-if moments. And it's it's really, I think it's really cool having the what-if. I, I wonder how uh, out there they're going to get, because the what-if comics had some very interesting stuff. There was, I believe, a, lot, a few of them with Deadpool, and there being like a zombie universe like they get pretty crazy um let's see here list of what if issues 
let's see what the comics. Uh, <clears throat> there's a decent amount of them. Uh, there's what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? I don't see them doing that since the MCU hasn't really brought in the Fantastic Four. So, um, what if the Hulk had the brain of Bruce Banner? I don't feel like they're gonna do that since at the end of Infinity War and such, like how we get see Professor Hulk anyway. I feel like he already at this point the Hulk does have the brain of. Bruce Banner. Um, there's the what if the Avengers had never been. That's basically like what this last episode was. Uh, oh, there's a what if Captain America had not vanished during World War II. I don't think they'll be doing that in the show since the first episode was what if Peggy Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. Uh, there was a what if episode where someone else besides Spider-Man was bitten by a radioactive spider. Not the Punisher, though. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, what if the world knew Daredevil was blind? I didn't realize it was... I, oh, I guess it's kind of a secret. Um, <laughs> there's a... Oh, this is kind of a, interesting because this is basically there was a what if Jane Foster had found the hammer of Thor. Uh, which in the comics she became Thor in different thing other than Thor, but like uh, that's pretty much, I guess what's gonna happen in Thor for, for Love and Thunder or whatever it is, Love and Thunder, um, which I'm excited to see. Love the Taika Waititi. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a what if the Conan and the Barbarian walked the Earth today? How would that have worked? <laughs> uh. Oh, geez. What if Sergeant Fury had fought World War II in outer space? That seems a bit of a stretch in World War II, does it not? Um, a lot of these have to do with characters that they have not brought into the MCU, so I'm, I, do, like, I don't see them doing that. Like, there's, What if the Ghost Rider, Spider-Woman, and Mar- Captain Marvel were villains? Obviously, Captain Marvel's already in there. Um, but, uh... It would be cool to see him bring in Ghost Rider again. I don't know what the rights situations are. I know that, like, I guess Sony owned was one of the rights that Sony had. I believe that's the Nick Cage movies. The Ghost Rider films, where I believe that's Sony. Don't quote me on that. Uh, so I don't know if they can bring Ghost Rider into the mix. Ghost Rider is a good character, though. I'd like to see a good movie made with it. <laughs> I'd like love me some Nick Cage, but uh, that one's... It's not the greatest superhero film. That's for sure. That's for sure. Ooh, what if Dr. Doom became a hero? It's again, also fantastic four has not really shown up in the MCU yet. So I don't see that being a thing. Uh, Oh, this one could potentially be an episode. What if Thor and the Avengers fought the gods also features the backup story, the first uni mind explaining the origins and concept of the uni mind and the origin story of, Lars and Zuras. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, what if Captain America had been elected president? I don't see that being one. Uh, some more X-Men stuff. What if Phoenix had not died? Yeah, I feel like they're going to create their own new stories, but, I mean, uh, there's some stuff they can kind of pull from here. So, 
Oh, man, what if Wolverine had killed the Hulk? They re- We really need that. I don't know when they're going to bring over Wolverine into the MCU, but I mean, obviously, he's one of the biggest Marvel superheroes fucking ever. I mean, Wolverine's a, just fucking great, that character. I really love what uh, Hugh Jackman's portrayal of him. And I feel like... Logan was fucking awesome. That was the best of the films. With him was that final one, Logan. And I really liked him as like, but the films in themselves were not the greatest. Like the original Wolverine, um, like I watch him, but uh, like I feel like he was really good as his portrayal as him. But that definitely, they just they need to bring him in soon, man. See, and that's of course. If you're unfamiliar with the origin of Wolverine, he first showed up in The Incredible Hulk and fought the Hulk. So it would be great to see the Hulk and Wolverine go at it. What We need we need that. Uh, here's one that might might be a thing in one of the episodes. Is it could be there's one. Uh, what if Loki had found the hammer of Thor? That could very well be an episode. <laughs> There's quite a few of those. There's uh quite a few comics, that is. And plenty of source material from them for them to pull through. But it doesn't look like as of now that the the course they've only done three that uh the these ideas have really come from any of the comics. So I feel like they're probably just gonna try to uh, you know, come up with their own ideas for the what if. Maybe pull some I, some minor story points from some of these comics. Doesn't really look like there's anything that's exactly what it is in the comic here. Yeah, there's quite a few what ifs as I'm seeing here. A lot of them to do with the X-Men. Later ones, which uh, I need to go ahead and bring those fuckers in the MCU and see the Deadpool, you know. It'd be good to have him. I feel like they probably wouldn't introduce him into the what if, like immediately. It seems like with Ryan Reynolds, I mean, the first thing that's going to come out is it's just going to be another Deadpool. That seems like the way to go about it. Or maybe just have him make a minor appearance and try to hide, you know, keep it secret like they did uh, Luke Skywalker at the end of Mando and just have Deadpool just make a cameo in somewhere. Um, see about Deadpool 3. Is there any fucking news on this shit? Uh, it's confirmed as of January 2021 uh, that it is an MCU movie. I don't see anything... <laughs> about when it will be released. Oof, saying we would expect to wait until at least 2023 before he returns. That fucking... T- uh, that's that's uh, well over a year. That's two years away, man. That's two years away. You know, Ryan Reynolds, uh, he's just going to get older and stuff. Is he going to want to continue to do it? I mean, he seems like he loves playing Deadpool. 
at the end of the day, it could be anybody inside that costume. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> as long as he does the voice. Uh, ooh. According to this, this is as of two days ago on WeGotThisCovered.com. Reynolds apparently wants Deadpool 3 to have more action. There's quite a bit in those first two. Quite a bit. As uh, So it'll be interesting to see. And I'm curious as to more characters now that Marvel seems to have wrapped up a lot of the uh, rights to all these characters and have more of the stuff. I wonder how many other cameos of different say X-Men and such will be in the next Deadpool. Uh, This article here goes on to say, when Deadpool burst onto the screen in 2016 after spending a dozen years stuck in development, hell was a breath of fresh air for a genre that can often feel formulaic at times, if not outright stagnant. Foulmouth self-aware and fourth wall breaking superhero who knew fine. Well, they were the star of their own film was a novel approach and it yielded strong reviews and massive box office returns. <laughs> uh, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, here we go. Okay. As great as Deadpool was, it can't be denied that the action sequences were somewhat lacking with director Tim Miller failing to bring much style or flair to the set pieces. Of course, that was uh, rectified in the sequel when John Wick and Atomic Blonde's David Leach took the reins, but we're now hearing from our sources, same ones who told us Riri Williams will make her Marvel Cinematic Universe debut in Black Panther Wakanda Forever long before it was confirmed that Ryan Reynolds wants to up the ante even further with the third installment. And, uh... There's uh, just some weird drawings going on here. Man, there's way too many ads. That was bit, that was pretty much it. There was a little bit more in there. Not, not a whole lot of info there. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, ooh, this is uh, from a week ago on comicbook.com. Deadpool 3 has a release window. Reynolds working on script according to Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige. So that's that's good to know. It's good to know he's having that. I hopefully. Hmm. Here it says that uh, Reynolds previously pegged the odds of Deadpool three filming in twenty twenty two as being seventy percent likely. Uh, so hopefully that that works out. Uh, I don't want to wait five years. Come on, man. <laughs> as uh, yeah, that's the kind of the window, I guess that. There's a long list of stuff. But yeah, that is, I am looking forward to some of that stuff. I mean, what if it definitely has got me interested, but I feel I wish there was just like one other either Marvel show or Star Wars show of that nature, something along the lines to give me a little something more. I was really getting used to having like two fixes a week when I had Loki and like Bad Batch to look forward to. It was kind of nice. Kind of nice. It fe- it feel yeah, felt like my subscription to Disney Plus was validated <laughs> to continue having that. Now that back to just like the one show which what if like that is it's the only thing I'm currently watching 
on Disney Plus. The rest of the time, it's just Netflix or YouTube. Predominantly YouTube. <laughs> but I guess that's about all I've got as I've continued to rant now for uh, quite some time. And uh, I guess that's about all, all I've got. So, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.